If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Welcome to the Fade Route with D&Z. Here are your hosts, D&Z. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fade Route. I am D, and with me is always Z. We have a great show for you tonight. We're going to order up the NFC South. We're going to discuss the surging San Francisco Giants, and our good friend Mr. Fit Leon Martinez joins us on the in route. But we begin today's show with the NBA Finals. After winning the first two games, the Phoenix Suns lost four straight, giving Milwaukee their first title in 50 years. Giannis had a monster game with 50 points, 14 rebounds, and he did it the right way. He won with the team that drafted him. The NBA playoffs were riddled with injuries and the destruction of super teams. But, Z, what do you make of a Milwaukee Bucks victory? Well, as always, glad to be here as part of the show, and... As the ascendance of a superstar, man. Like, what more can you say about the performance of Giannis Antetokounmpo? 50 points in a closeout game, 42 minutes, you know, 16 of 25 from the field. He only missed two free throws, which is critical, right? His, his bugaboo has always been the fact that he doesn't have an outside shot and his free throw game of late has been... Not Horrendous. great, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, 50, 50 is a high watermark, so that's definitely a problem. But, uh, you know, it was the ascendance of a superstar. Like, what more can you say? Middleton had a decent game with 17 points. Bobby Porter showed up off the bench, which big is Bob. great. Yeah, Big Bob. What were the Knicks thinking getting rid of that guy? But, uh, you know... It's one of those things that you can second guess all you want. They got a big fat donut from PJ Tucker. So he only took one shot. So in 36 minutes, I think that if you gave us 36 minutes in one shot, I think we could have made that. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. as, far as, as far as the Bucks go, like, they did what they needed to do. Giannis showed up. And if you look at the flip side of that coin, Chris Paul... Okay, 26, eh, 26, two, five assists. Not a great game by any stretch of the imagination. And the two kids didn't really show up either. You had Devin Booker with only 19, DeAndre Ayton with 12. And I think that Dario Saric injury really impacted how the Suns were going to run things because they don't have any more bigs. You're looking at campaign coming in. He's a point guard, right? Kaminsky, power forward, still not a big, still not a center. You're looking at Craig. You're looking at Cam Johnson. 
in that rotation, you're not giving DeAndre Ayton any little bit of respite whatsoever. And then you have to have Jay Crowder come in and play 41 minutes. So that was a sneaky injury that I think definitely helped put the nail on the coffin of the Phoenix Suns over the course of a long series. Yeah, to me, uh, you know, good for Milwaukee, happy for them. I think Phoenix missed a real opportunity in game five. You know, Booker gives up the ball. Chris Paul gives up the ball. And uh, Monty Williams, to me, I love him as a coach, and I really want him to win because, you know, he deserves it. But there was a blueprint to beat the Bucks, and he needed to look back at what the Nets did. He needed to look back how other teams fared against them during the series and during the season. They didn't wall off Giannis at all. Um, you know, you could have stopped him and make everybody else beat you. If Middleton and uh, Covington and those guys are able to beat Coddington, if they're able to beat you, you live with that. But you can't be letting Giannis go for 40 and 50 and, and think you're going to come out on top. They had a two-game lead. And, man, only four or five teams have ever come back from 2-0 to win. And I would have never guessed the Milwaukee Bucks were capable of that. No, considering how Coach Budenholzer didn't really have his finger on the pulse of the team to where they would just willy-nilly start shooting threes and this team is not a great three-point shooting team. So at some point, it just started becoming bombs away. And that is when not only did the team get in trouble, but... You have media, pundits, critics openly, openly slagging this coach for what lack of adjustments and what stupid decisions <laughs> they made along the way in strategy, whether it's defensive switching or it's just, you know, trying to live and die by a three-point shot. It's just, uh, Coach Bud, if he lost he would have been raked over the coals. I don't think Monty Williams did anything as egregious in his losses compared to what what Coach Budenholzer did over the course of this series. And it wasn't just the finals. He had been criticized in previous series for similar mistakes. Yeah, uh, and the thing about it is, is he made he made some adjustments, but like you said, everybody was really ragging on him. Even us, <laughs> we yeah. too. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, uh, but y- you gotta you gotta you gotta make adjustments. And you know, I think uh, I think he he didn't make the right. Ad- I mean, I don't think Monty Williams made the right adjustments. And at the end of the day, the best team did win. So I think we're we're satisfied with the outcome. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you were hoping for a long series. You got a long series. I think the most disappointing the, the most disappointing result would have been a sweep in either direction. Definitely. Just from the simple fact that you, on the one side, you had Giannis, right? On the other side, you had Chris Paul. So either way, the ascendance of a superstar player to that next level was going to happen. And the worst thing that could happen was that it would occur in a sweep. And not only is are the NBA Finals over, but all the coaching vacancies have been filled with uh, Willie Green getting hired by the Pelicans and Wes Unsell Jr. getting hired by the Wizards. So, what do you? What is the best 
final hire. What do you make of the final coaching, uh, the final coaching decisions that were made? All in all, uh, it does remain to be seen what happens because at the end of the day, they are all first-time head coaches, which is great for the league. You know, you'd have Wes Unseld, you have Willie Green, and then you also have Jamal Mosley in Orlando. So these three guys are definitely taking that next level. And the one that I am primarily focused on is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans just because they have they have the player with the it factor in Zion Williamson. And can Willie Green take that step with Zion Williamson? I mean, there were 31-41. They missed the playoffs. Stan Van Gundy was out. Van Gundy never seemed like the right fit anyway, just because, you know, of his prickly personality and kind of his way or the highway attitude. You know, Willie Green has previous, you know, assistant coaching experience. He was a part of Steve Kerr's staff. He was with the Phoenix Suns. So he definitely has some coaching pedigree behind him. So if he is able to make it happen, I mean, he has also worked with Doc Rivers in the past. So if he's if he's able to kind of unlock the potential of that team, this is going to be the hire that you talk about. Uh, Jamal Mosley, everybody has kind of tabbed him as that can't-miss coach just because of his previous relationships and his stop in Dallas. And, you know, the Magic are rebuilding... I don't know what they really have on that team right now. So who knows what he's really dealing with. And as far as Wes Unsell Jr., good for him. You know, second generation coach, second generation player. He was able, you know, good for him. Let's see what he can do. That organization desperately needs a winner. The Wizards, they've been so close for so long. One step forward, two steps back. We're gonna bring, you know, we're gonna have John Wall, Bradley Beal, and then they can't really coexist. Or John Wall's never healthy. Oh, great! We're gonna bring in Russell Westbrook, and then it didn't seem to work. And then Bradley Beal got hurt. And it, if they could put it all together, especially coming out of the East, that'll be a very good team. You know, they they were in that play-in scenario this year. If they can ever unlock that potential, and this guy's the goods. They can make a run. Absolutely, they can. But for me, because of the the intriguing nature of Zion Williamson, I'm going to go with Willie Green as the guy. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, I think from a coaching standpoint, the Pacers did the best job by landing Carlisle. He was a good player. He's a great coach, and he's a champion. But I'm going to stick with my guns here. The best job, I'm sticking with Orlando Magic, man. Jamal Mosley. He's he's got he's got low expectations. Um, he started in player development with the Denver Nuggets. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's a bit of old school. He's got some new techniques. He's gonna probably whittle in there. He's a players' coach, but he holds people accountable. Respect is important in the NBA, and I believe he's respected by players. You can see his time in Dallas. I think he won a game while when Carlisle got ejected, yeah. and the team jumped all over him. They loved it. So I really feel like he's got a chance to build something. They're probably going to be terrible this year. They got a top 10 pick, and then next year maybe they get a number one pick, and you can see where it goes from there. 
No, absolutely. We're going to see what uh, what happens there. And as far as the newest of the new hires, though, as far as Green, Mosley, and Unsell, like, who would you take in that three? You're going to stick with Mosley or I'm do you... Yeah, I'm, even yeah. over on Selden Green? Yeah, because I I think respect is important. And I don't know how much Willie Green's respected. He's going into a situation where he's got a superstar, okay? And when you have a superstar on a team, you got to know, you got to be able to read that room, know how to manage that player, and know where, where to draw the line, where is it okay for him to step over you, or where is it okay for you to rely on him. You know that, that there's a lot there's a lot to be answered there and even with the wizards with uh with uh, Ansel jr going into there you got westbrook it's a big personality man and you got beal who's a superstar player likely to possibly could get moved it, it's just it, it it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough it's a tough place to go in and coach where i think the the expectations are low in orlando uh he's a respectable guy and I think he can he can get the magic back into the conversation of reputable franchises. Well, the one thing that I do say that works in Willie Green's favor is that, yes, he has a superstar, but he has a superstar that wants to be coached. So I think that's something that, to, you know, if given the choice between a player like Russell Westbrook, who doesn't seem to want coaching or doesn't seem to accept coaching, and then have a guy like... Zion Williamson, who actively wanted to be coached hard, not just by Coach K, but also by Stan Van Gundy. Like, the other guys around him weren't as good as he was. And he's still developing as a superstar. I mean, he was a super superstar in college. I don't know if you can necessarily can anoint him as such in the league yet. I don't know if he's at that level yet. In terms, of, in terms of eyeballs, yes. In terms of play, no. And I think Willie Green, if he's able to do that if he's able to coach him hard sky's the limit your favorite podcast has its own merch line now go to teespring.com type the fade store into the search bar and have access to our sweatshirts t-shirts long sleeve shirts tank tops and much more on the way that's teespring.com type in the fade store at the search bar and show your boys some love Rep the Fade Route brand only at the Fade Store, only on teespring.com. True. Switching to uh, international news, uh, are the Tokyo Olympics in jeopardy? We got some COVID outbreaks. We got some players that are being sent home. Some players are opting not to go. Some athletes are opting not to go. Some athletes are getting sent home. Why even bother going through with this? Well, I'll tell you a team that uh, is embarrassed that they did show up. That's the U.S. Women's National Team got blanked by Sweden 3-0. Come on. What are you Sweden's guys doing? Sweden's a good team, though, right? Sweden's Sweden, good is, team. Sweden is a good team, but Sweden's a good team. this is the U.S. Women's Team. It's not the U.S. Men's Team. Like, this team... This team has expectations. Matches, 44 yeah. straight matches. In Italy. Like this, this team is the goods. Like you know, in terms of American soccer, like this is the goods. So whether or not this takes them down a notch or humbles them a little bit, like we'll see what happens. But as far as these games going off, I don't see it, man. If COVID cases continue to rise. 
especially as you are bringing in people from all four corners of the earth, it, it just doesn't make any sense from a, a public health standpoint. Even if you're not putting people in the stands, you're still putting people in close proximity to each other because you're having them live with each other over the course of this tournament, over the course of this event. So Toshiro Muto says officials will make the decisions about the viability based on what happens, but it, it may be too late by the time they realize that. So it's already been postponed once. Just, just can it. Just, just can the damn thing. Yeah, unfortunately, the answer to everything is money. Yeah. Uh, the truth is, we should not be going through with these games. Only 25% of the Tokyo population is vaccinated. All of these people are going to come from different parts of the world, different corners of the world, like you said, compete in one place, and then go back where they came from. This is reckless. It's dangerous. It's unfortunate. Athletes have been dropping out because they are concerned over health and safety protocols. Some people have even tested positive, so they can't even they, uh -huh. they, they haven't been able to go. This is about advertising revenue and nothing more. Tokyo is going to get their share of this. NBC is going to get their share of this, and they don't care who gets hurt doing it. No, 100%. Like you said, the, the answer to everything is money and... For the sake of this, it should hit them, you know, it should hit them in the purses a little bit. That maybe that will actually wake some people up to the fact that this is not over yet. Just because that we want it to be over doesn't mean that we're even close to being over. And just because we're over it in the United States doesn't mean that, you know, it's over anywhere else in the world. So... I mean, do what you can in the time that's allotted. Uh, opening ceremonies, spread everybody out. Just maintain social distancing. Maintain the public health uh, protocols that we've had in place. And sanitize the shit out of everything. And just pretend you're back in the bubble. Because guess what? You're back in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is, is you're not going to have people in stands. No. And, you're, you're, and you're not... you're. And as athletes test positive and they have to be sent home, and then you also have athletes that are not even going, how could you really say that this is the best the world has to offer? How could you really say you earned this gold medal? And it's unfortunate because we know all these people have been training for so many years to get to this point. But the truth is, is that there's still, there's still a problem out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the minute you do not respect this thing, it could come back, and it could come back with force. And totally. you know, we, I mean, we've talked about this offline, and we've talked about it in production meetings, and and you know, I, I'm not a big proponent of the vaccine. I'm not a big proponent of the the virus itself, but I do know it's serious, mm -hmm. and you have to follow health and safety protocols for the better the betterment of society. That's just the truth. Oh, 100%. And then even, I mean, taking, take all of the heaviness of public health and society out of it. Just the logistics of it. Like, say that it's, you know, the softball gold medal game, right? And it's U.S. versus Cuba. 
I don't even know if Cuba's there. But let's just say. Cuba. Italy. 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 US right. versus Italy. I know the, Italy's there. The Azuri. Okay, fine. The Azuri. So, the US has multiple COVID tests and they have to forfeit. A win is a win, but that's a fraudulent gold medal, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. Yeah. That, I mean, but that, that's a reality that we're facing right now. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a problem, especially we, we have we have our men's basketball team. We're heading, we're sending over there. Uh, the the uh, then what? There's a, the NHL is going to get started in the fall, right? Because the mm-hmm. Winter Olympics are coming as well, right? Yeah. Well, the one difference with that is that you're, you're also you're well, you're going to have that in the 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 benefit of having it, it being cold that also helps too so you're more inclined to put a mask on you'll be more inclined to follow the social distancing people you know like i've seen it just you know I, i'm not going to compare walking around the streets of the bronx to the tokyo olympics but yeah people are just like hey man <laughs> it's really nilly baby i'm just i'm not gonna wear a mask it's beautiful out what do i care i'm just i mean i think that. i think canada just opened its borders to americans like recently yeah, <laughs> yeah it just opened the borders to, to the blue jays yeah and you so have next, to show next week. your and you have to show your proof of uh of vaccination i believe that reminds me i think i lost my vaccination card that's not good no that's not good at all I gotta find that thing. Yeah, otherwise you're not gonna be able to go to Canada. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, in other news, uh, the Rams, the Super Bowl bound Rams, uh, their running back Cam Akers tore his Achilles this week. Do you see a Rams reunion with Todd Gurley? It would make sense for both sides because Cam Akers led the team in rushing last year. And in that room, only only Henderson has any kind of experience. You're looking at Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, Raymond Calais, and Otis Anderson. Not to be confused with OJ Anderson from the Giants. Uh, it's all the time. Of course. You know, like he may he may be Otis Anderson the third for all I know. But this is an instance where you need veteran leadership. You need to bring somebody into that room who has experience, who has the talent to make it happen. I mean, they lost Malcolm Brown. You're not replacing Cam Akers right now, but for a year, especially since we've spoken about this, we were talking about Todd Gurley. He's got the arthritic knee. He's only 26. He's, he's still he's still relatively young. So why not take a flyer on him and then see where it goes? Just see where it plays out because there is no guarantee that Cam Akers comes back next year and is the Cam Akers of two seasons ago. Like, there's here's no my, guarantees in life. Well, here, here's my whole thing. is like, what, what would it be so bad for McVay to come out and say, man, we fucked big- up. Well, no, not that. I don't need him to say that because we already know he did that. It would be so <laughs> wrong for him to come out and say, man, losing Cam Akers was a big loss. I don't think we're going to be able to replace this guy. We're going to have to go forward in the regular season in a different direction or a different way. And it, I hate when people go next man up or 
oh, well, we'll, we'll have to fill his spot. It's like, guys, these are human beings that are very good players, especially in Cam Akers' place. I mean, he really was a very good, very good running back for them last year. Come out and say, hey, man, this was our starting running back. We, we, we won't be able to replace him, but we're going to move forward with Darrell Henderson or whoever we're going to move forward with. And, you know, we'll, we will we'll change the game plan. We'll, we'll change the offensive sets and, and we'll see where it goes from there. I hate when people just say, oh, next man up. It's not next man up. But to go to go back to the, the topic a little bit, man, I don't think they're going to be picking up Todd Gurley. I mean, we talked about it last week uh, where Todd might be headed. And the Rams was not one of those places. Granted, we didn't see this injury coming. But... Uh, I don't think it's in the cards for them. I think they have about seven or eight million left in the cap. I don't know what you really could afford for that. You might want to trade. You might want to go and trade with the Steelers for McFarland or Benny Snell. I know it sounds lousy, but I mean Darrell, Darrell Henderson is definitely capable. He's not going to beat Acres, but he's capable of, of playing in this offense. It's supposedly going to throw the ball a lot, right? Because you got Matthew Stafford. Um, I think the the Ram the Rams move forward with Darrell Henderson, and he's perfectly capable of taking the load. But if you're the Rams and you're serious about winning a title this year, pick up the phone and call Le'Veon Bell. No, no, you gotta you gotta call him. You gotta call him. He's 29 years old. He's barely played the last two years. Sign him to a two-year and send him late in deal. Look at eight. Look at Antonio Brown. Look at what Antonio Brown was able to do. Better yet, you don't want to get Le'Veon Bell. Give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a call. Leonard Fournette. Try to get him. You can't. If if you really if you're really worried about the running back position, those are those are the three calls you make. You're calling Le'Veon Bell, crying. You're calling the Pittsburgh Steelers with your with your hat in your hands. And you're emailing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to see what what they need for Leonard Fournette. If it's only for a year, I am calling one man, and that is Adrian Peterson. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. Six oh four. Yeah. 156 yeah. attempts. Six oh four. Seven touchdowns. You could Acres only ran for six twenty five. And two that. touchdowns. You could do that. So, I don't have a problem with that. I think you could do that, but you know what? If you're, you, you know, you know what you're gonna get with Adrian Peterson. Yes. You know what you're gonna get. There's upside to McFarland. There's upside to Fournette. There's upside to even um, Benny Snell. I don't think there's a lot of upside to Le'Veon. But again, if you make it an incentive-laden contract, neither of you get hurt. Because it's like, dude, you gotta play. You gotta play in a playoff game. You gotta get a thousand yards. You gotta have 500 yards in catches, and you gotta be on the field for 65, 70 percent of the time. And that is, and I'll give you the whole seven or eight million dollars that I have left them in my cap. I'll, I'll shoot myself in the foot for you. you know? Well, you also need to wonder, right? Depending on who you, depending on who you bring in, that's also going to affect your offensive line a little bit. Because if you're bringing in a guy like Le'Veon Bell, he's a dancer. Right, he's he just kind of dances behind the line of scrimmage, trying to find a hole. Adrian Peterson's a bulldozer. He yeah. he makes his own hole. Yeah. So like does. that that totally affects how you play. And so, you also want to look at who are the really good 
uh, pass blocking running backs. And Adrian right. Peterson is one of those guys. L. Bell is one of those guys. The Steeler boys, I think they know how to do a two four net. Not so much. No, he's not just ask Tom Brady it. about that. He's not great at it. He could do it, but he's not great at it. Um, he doesn't really catch the ball in the backfield so well. But in my opinion, Le'Veon would have a lot to prove. Um, and that's and that's the thing is like, Le'Veon, you're you're playing for your career right now. Mm. You're playing. You're playing for your next contract. And you're going to be playing in the NFC West, where all these guys hit. And you're going to you you have a chance here to have a better second half to your career. And that's the way I pitch it to him. And it's like, yes, it's not a lot of money, but look, Antonio Brown didn't make a lot of money last year, and he got a Super Bowl ring. We're trying to win a Super Bowl here. You want to win a Super Bowl? I'm going to play you. You're going to play. You know. I mean, and I know he's a clown and. You know, a lot of people give him a lot of stuff, but he's getting pretty desperate. I mean, he's 29 years old, and he hasn't been called with uh, an older running backs, a guy with bad knees. Like, even Todd Gurley's getting phone calls. Yeah. Nobody's calling Le'Veon. So, well, how many bridges can you burn? There's only so many teams. He yeah. burned the Jets. He burned the Steelers. He burned the Chiefs. Why the fuck did he burn the Chiefs? Like, you, was there a reason for him to trash Andy Reid on the way out of town? You got to figure that you got to get you got to figure someone's going to be desperate enough to sign Levion and the Rams they have some options Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Another team that has a lot of options is the New York Mets. They're stumbling out of the second half gate, even though they won a nice game today. Uh, rough patch at the right time, or is there something more to this? As the Met fan on this panel, I'm trying not to overreact, but anytime you hear forearm tightness regarding a pitcher... The hair on the back of your neck starts to stand up a little bit. I've been hearing that and, a lot lately. Yeah, you know, and for it to happen to Jacob Degrom, this is now his fourth injury of the season. Yeah, averages it, one a month. Uh, yeah, apparently, you know, it, it's like you know, it's definitely cause for concern. This instance, it didn't happen when he was hitting. The other instances, it happened in around and at bat. So Universal DH cannot come fast enough. Uh, you have an oblique strain for Francisco Lindor, so that's going to be a while. So he hasn't then you're playing well anyway. So what does it matter? I mean, he's been picking it up. He hasn't been. He's not the back of his baseball card, you but he's got. You love him. You defend I don't. Him. You defend him like he's your brother. Like he's he's having an awful year by his standard. But in terms of Major League Baseball standards. He's about league average, man. And that's sad. That That is sad. 
Edwin Diaz, he's coming back to earth, right? From play narco, this guy's unhittable. I never fell into that trap. I knew Edwin Diaz was freaking garbage. And now you took away his sticky stuff. <laughs> and, and now he's oh, given shit. up walk-off grand slams to the fucking Pirates. The Pirates were the third worst team in the majors. Hey, don't give me that crap. There's a reason why the Mets are now considering trading for Craig Kimbrell. And it's because they know this guy can't cut the mustard in big moments. And I am actually for that trade. I would love Craig Kimbrell because he's done it. He's been in the big moment and he has delivered. So as far as some of the other things, Cookie Carrasco is coming back. He got shelled in his rehab outing. It's not about the results. It's just about making sure that he can rebound from the outing and making sure that his hamstring is totally back. Syndergaard, I don't buy for a second that he's going to pitch up at all this year. He's overrated. Never liked him. But it is what it is. I got to ride with him. Another guy I got to ride with is that clown Marcus Stroman. Hey, that, he pitched that, well today. One hitter today. Yeah, but then he started a benches clearing brawl with uh, almost a benches clearing brawl with Nagowski over two guys not talking shit to each other. Why are you talking shit, bro? I'm not talking shit. Why are you talking shit? I'm not talking shit. Why are you talking shit? And now the bullpens have cleared. And fight hard, me! And fight me! Somebody, hold me back. Fight me. And then he, like, doubled over and was just like, what the hell is going on? Now he's hurt? The, the Mets are... The, the only good thing is that is July is a long season. They will be whole again. You won't have guys like Guillaume out there on a regular basis getting exposed where... He is a good glove, but uh, he just had a bad couple of games. But you can't you can't afford to lose the way you've been losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So with any luck, this is just a funk. They'll get their guys back, and they will get some reinforcements at the deadline. Barrios would be great. I don't know how much he's going to cost. They want probably Mauricio, JT Jin, maybe JD Davis. Uh, Chris Bryant doesn't make any sense unless they're trading J.D. Davis as part of the package. You know, we have a week to figure that out, and we're going to see where everybody else lands to see who else is available. So I'm saying I'm, I'm holding on. I'm not panicking yet. This too shall pass. Yeah, I mean, kind of like we talked about, um, you know, this guy DeGrom he's, he's, he's hurt every month you know uh, and I, I don't know what to make of it but I think can we at least can we at least get on the same page with you know the, the, the Mets are good enough to make the playoffs and get bounced out in the first round can we can we can we agree to that oh they're not ready yet uh, I mean they, they seems to um, they it just seems like to be the destiny for this team. Um, I'm not sure if there's a player they could pick up to help them. Uh, that division is is just I don't know. It's I don't know what to say with Acuna gone and you know the, the Phillies. But and the you don't like that Jock whatever. Peterson trade? Oh, that was that was our response. We're like, oh, we're good. We got this. <laughs> Jock Peterson, who just got to the Cubs. They're like, you really want this guy? Yeah, take him, sure. With him and his 239 batting average, yeah, we filled that hole big time. We made it. <laughs> it means we no Nick Marcakis. We gonna clean it up. 
we gonna we gonna clean it up. Yeah, I wish they called Marcakis. But <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think it is what it is. I mean, I've been saying it's about the Mets all year. Eventually, this is gonna right itself. It's nice that they're in first place and and they're doing really well. And you keep saying, you know, they have more games to play. They're behind, but it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with their competition. Once they get into the playoffs, they're gonna play real teams in a real series and. They'll be exploited and they'll be gone. I don't know about that because they already knocked off the Padres, who is one of your darlings. So yeah. we'll see. Like I mean, anything could happen. What what needs to happen first and foremost is that they are healthy. Because yeah. if you go into the playoffs healthy, all bets are off. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Pop Stars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. I mean, I mean, at least with the Mets, I mean, they're in first place. The Yankees, uh, just mayhem in the Bronx. <laughs> got up. Uh, you got people throwing baseballs at players on the field. We got fights breaking out in the stands. This is all during a Red Sox-Yankees series. Is this embarrassing or is this just a renewed rivalry? Dogs living with cats. Mass hysteria. But, um, oh, Enough, just, I get uh, the point. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Uh, just to go back on the previous uh, the previous topic, Francisco Lindor, 2.1 war for this season. So if you believe in war, um, this is, it is both. It is a rivalry renewed between the fans who haven't seen each other in, uh, in a year, and they still don't like each other. They seem to be fighting so, each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's holding his left a little low. That might, that might hurt him in later rounds. But uh, it is embarrassing for the game. It absolutely is embarrassing for the game, too, because this is something you built up to for this season. We're like, yes, fans are finally back, and we're going to have what we didn't have last year, and it's going to be that energy and that momentum. And now they're, holy shit, they're throwing punches. Like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, the, the ball incident, if it was malicious, you, if you can prove it was malicious, yes, the guy needs to get banned. It's one of those things, like, good call by Rob Manfred. You can't have fans chucking stuff at players. I mean, that the days of throwing back home run balls is over. So, you know, it's just hostility on top of hostility, and it, it, it's both. It really is both, because... It, it's really not doing it on the field. You know, the Yankees are not exactly 
lighting the world on fire and the Red Sox are comfortably ahead. So, you know, it, it's, it, it provides a little juice to a rivalry that isn't that much of a rivalry right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say it's embarrassing. Um, I'm gonna, there are two sides to the Alex Verdugo situation, okay? I love souvenirs, and as a kid, I always wanted a player to throw a ball to me up mm-hmm. in the stands. I mean, that's what I always wanted. I think every kid wants that. But this is a case in point of why you can't throw balls into the stands, especially when you're on the road. Like, what would make you do such a thing? Like, why? Why? In the outfield of all places, right? Yeah. Granted, I agree with you. People should not be throwing anything onto the field. And I'm not I'm not saying Alex Verdugo was wrong, but this is a case in point where it's like, don't do that here. Of all places, you want to do it in Kansas City? You want to go do it in, <laughs> in Florida, in Miami? Yeah, you might get an empty seat. But... <laughs> I mean, and the other part is, is like, you know, you have mixed reports of about the fan that actually threw the ball in the field. Apparently, he wasn't aiming for Verdugo. He was pressured by the other fans to throw the ball into the field. So it's kind of tough, right? Because when in other parks, when people do hit, when opposing teams hit home runs, they do throw the ball back onto the field. Yeah. I'm not saying it's okay, you know, but... You know, if he was just throwing the ball in the field and it happened to hit Alex Verdugo after Verdugo threw the ball into the stands, I don't know. I mean, and then to to go to talk about the fighting situation, Jesus. And uh, I don't, I don't don't know what this is about. uh, But watching this situation unfold. As I saw it in many reports, it looked like Yankee fans fighting Yankee fans. I don't even think there was a Red Sox fan in there anywhere in the daylight. But it basically pushes me. It pushes taking my family to a game back a couple of years. Okay. And that's maybe one of the things that Rob Manford should worry more about. And worry more about parents bringing their kids to games and worry less about pace of play. Because you want to get young fans in the stands, but after seeing that, you know, I'm not taking my four-year-old or my or my one-and-a-half-year-old to a game. And that way he could see that or he could see daddy be a part of the melee. I don't think so. Right. No, definitely not. And, like, this pandemic has really heightened the worst in people. As we are now coming out of it and we're starting to reintegrate into society, people are being meaner and nastier than ever because they've been cooped up for so long that who have they actually made social contact with? And now all of a sudden, it's this, this fan of a blood rival team who's trying to push your buttons and you're you're are so you just like, want to hit somebody right you're just so hyped up you're just so pent up from a year of not being anywhere in this situation to where your senses are off like you're in normal in normal situations yeah yeah fuck you fuck you and then everything's back to normal but no now people are throwing fucking punches because everybody is so everybody's dander is so far up and it's we were talking about this with the nba too 
like they were wiling out in the NBA. The fans were wiling out. So with any luck, it's out of the system next year and just kind of have to live with it this year and make the appropriate adjustments. Yeah, and, you know, again, Yankees are not a team really doing well, but the Giants on the other side of the country, the San Francisco Giants, are quietly leading NL West in a nice series with the LA Dodgers over the last couple of days. Is it time to give them some credit? Absolutely. It's absolutely worth giving them credit, particularly to Brandon Crawford. I didn't. Brandon Crawford is having a sneaky good year. He was an all-star. You're looking at 286, 18, and 58. Nice job. Like, batting average-wise, they're pretty run-of-the-mill. They're 11th in the league, 8th in on-base percentage. So they're definitely, you know, they're getting the job done there. Slugging, 435. They've scored 463 runs. So the pitching is what's interesting. I mean... They have the second best ERA as a staff. Their whip is a little over one, which is number one. Batting average against, it's third. So, I mean, their batting average against is only 221. You have the likes of Kevin Gosman and Anthony DiSclafani and, you know, the corpse of Johnny Cueto. Uh, That's the anchor of your team right now on the mound. And then at the plate, like, Buster Posey's having a resurgent year. Already mentioned Brandon Crawford, and then Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski is having a, another solid year. So you know, do they have a bunch of no names and a bunch of castoffs? Yeah, absolutely. But whatever they have right now is really working. And if they can add at the trading deadline, who's to say that you know they don't make a more serious run compared to a team like the Dodgers and the Padres? which were very well hyped and have met the hype. I'm not I'm not saying that they had it. I, the Dodgers and the Padres are playing well, but credit to Gabe Kapler. I can't believe I've seen I, mean, I can't believe I'm saying that because I watched him as the manager of the Phillies. But credit to Gabe Kapler for what he's been able to do with this team and credit to Farhan Zaidi for putting this team together. Yeah, so, I mean, that's where I was going to go, too. I I definitely think we need to give credit to Dave Kapler. He clearly knows what he's doing and knows how to coach. Buster Posey is back to all-star status after taking a year off because of COVID. Gaussman and Wood are at the forefront of a a sturdy rotation. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they perform down the stretch. They definitely don't have a problem going toe-to-toe with the Padres or going toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. And... um, they, we could see them make some noise in October. No, absolutely. And, you know, if they get, you know, you have Longoria, you, you have players with playoff experience. So you have Longoria, you have Buster Posey, you have Wilmer Flores, you have a, a bunch of guys on this team that can be a, a core, Johnny Cueto. But all of these guys have been there before. And it's not one of those teams like last year's Padres where they were just a bunch of young guys with that experience and we'll see what they can do. But kudos to them. And as far as what they can make, what kind of moves they can make. Yeah. I really don't know what they need. They probably could use another arm in the bullpen. Probably. I mean, 
probably another infielder because you're looking at the likes of Tyro Estrada on this team. Like former Yankee great Tyro Estrada has a prominent role right now. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And as teams bottom out, we're definitely going to see who's available. Because right now, we're still a week away from that trade deadline. And teams are still in it as of right now. Give it a week and who knows? Who know? Max Scherzer may even be available. We'll see. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to get in on the action? Want to be part of the in crowd? Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at faderoutepodcast on IG. on the in route this week is legendary New York City point guard, current amateur referee, and personal trainer, Mr. Fit, Leon Martinez is in the building. What's going on, man? How's it going? Welcome to the show. Dude, what's good, man? How are you? How's everything, brother? You know, just surviving, just surviving. That's the name of the game these days. I hear you, What's man. up? What's up? What's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, living the dream, brother. You know how it goes. I hear you, man. All right, we're gonna jump. First of all, I want to just I want to just yeah. say congratulations to you guys on this on this is a podcast. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Just, listen, guys, this is a great movement. I'm glad you jumped on it. I wish y'all guys the best of luck in the future with it. I appreciate the honor of being on it right now tonight. Oh yeah, you're gonna become a regular. You can count on that. <laughs> all right, we're gonna kick it off early. We want to jump right into these NBA finals. Uh, they're over. Uh, Z-, Z and I have argued that the Suns really gave away the series in Game Five, but what do you think the series? Who did, who's the loss fall on? Wow, man. To be honest with you, uh, I think honestly, I know a lot of people having their criticism on Chris Paul and how he played and one of the couple of games, but honestly, the better team won to me. B. I just got to be honest. The better team won. I mean, honestly. Milwaukee's been through that fire. I mean, they got over the hump with the trade with, with Drew Holiday. And I think they were just well prepared. I mean, being down 0-2, I, th- I just felt games 1 and 2, they had the jitters. NBA Finals, the excitement, the energy was kind of different. I mean, and then I think once they got home and settled down, they changed the whole atmosphere of the series, man. They just basically, Giannis said, you know what, I'm going to dominate. And that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, only four or five teams have come back from 2-0 to win a series. So yeah, they definitely, exactly. they definitely uh, use all their resources to pull out the, the win. No, nah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought throughout the series, both teams were mediocre at best. I mean, which team has the better chance of getting back to the finals next year and why? Well, that's Milwaukee without a doubt. I mean, honestly, Milwaukee, they built to be champions, man. Like, their bench is solid. They're a gritty, aggressive team. Giannis is not even at his prime, to be honest. Let's be, let's all be honest. Like, he's just doing it off of just hard work. You know what I'm saying? So, like, once he gets comfortable in the perimeter and, you know what I'm saying, like, his game really evolves, it's going to be a scary series. It's going to be scary watching him play, man. Like, 
Honestly, he had 50 yesterday with no jump shots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. You know Imagine saying? if like, he yeah. 50 with no threes. <laughs> he had one three. He was one for three yeah. from three. Like, imagine if he's able to develop you know like saying? that like, jump shot or yeah. a pull up or some kind of or even a better post game. Of, some type of some type of mid range game like a Dirk one for fadeaway or just a Garnett pick and pop. Jump or a Durant through Durant three pointer something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, forget about the threes because I don't even want him shooting threes. Just a nice okay. mid range game like Dirk and KG. Or even a, a glass jump shot like Tim Duncan off the wing. Like, come on. He's going to be averaging 60. Like, it's going to be disgusting. Yeah. He's so lengthy and he's so he's got so much body to him. It's just, yeah. it's just hard. It's hard to put a hand on him and it's hard to stop him. Yeah, honestly, like, I really agree with what I was hearing today on ESPN. He might have taken the crown right, from LeBron. You know, I think once LeBron leaves, Ooh, okay. it might be his league. Really? I think so. It might be his league, man. Giannis wow. is special. And he's homegrown. They drafted him. He won with them. Yeah. Nobody's doing that stuff these days. Like, come on, man. Like, we watched this kid as an 18. Well, I don't even know. He was 18 when he came in? Or he was younger? I don't even know, man. But he, yeah, he, he was just young. came off the boat. Basically. Right. Yeah. Barely speaking English. Yeah. And look at him now, man. Like, oh, my God. It's scary when he gets to his prime, man. Yeah, I just so and, then, and yeah. I just feel like the Milwaukee team is just a great team right now. Adding yeah. Drew Holiday, at first I was kind of nervous. I love Drew Holiday. I love. Yeah, Drew I Holiday. always love. I always loved Drew since he was in Philly. Believe it or not, like I knew he he was a good player. He just had to be in the right situation, and like being on that team is just a right situation. Everybody has just been from the G League, just grinding, hustling. Like I mean, it's a guy. It's just a, just a hard working team, you know. Chris Middleton, G League player, and I didn't, and I wasn't a Chris Middleton fan. Like I, I, I hated his game. I felt he was trash. <laughs> right. To be honest, but I had to respect it because once Giannis came out, like especially in the bubble last year, he showed me signs like he could be really special. And then like now, the fact that he was, I mean, I wouldn't say he was consistent in the finals because he had a bad game yesterday. But he did. In, he a, did, yeah. in certain moments of the game, he's their closer, and I got clutch respect. threes. He hits the clutch threes. Yeah, you know? I gotta respect closers at the end of the day. Like you know what I'm saying? You, if you yeah. can finish the game off shooting bad, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So I gotta respect it. And you know he really stepped up when he had to. He went to the basket. He, he you know he got in foul trouble last night, but when he needed a big basket, he came through. He really did. Absolutely. But a lot of people were critical of the coaching job of Coach Budenholzer. But at the end of the day, they pulled off the victory. What were some of the coaching decisions that you liked that he made, or maybe you had a problem with that he still pulled it off anyway? I think honestly, the best move he did was adding in. He put. He made. He gave more minutes to what's his name, Bobby. Yes. Mm. Gave more minutes to Bobby, man. I think Bobby is really underrated. Like I don't know why the fucking Knicks let go of him. Like Seriously. I don't get it. Like I don't. I don't mean like you need a player like that. You know what I'm saying like I just like his energy. I like how he plays hard, and he's not afraid of the moment. So I felt like some of the some of the Bucks players. Besides Drew, besides the three that they had, Drew, Giannis, and Middleton, everybody else was a little shaky. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they was nervous. Bobby was in his own in his own world. Like, I'm gonna do me regardless. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna throw. If I'm open, I'm gonna shoot it. 
If I got the ball, and, I'm gonna do what yeah. I do. Like, you know what I mean, he was comfortable. And he wasn't worried about anybody trying to block exactly, his shot. He was like, he was dead eye, dead eye. Yeah, I got he was this. Like, this I'm is fucking. He's like, I'm doing me. Like, fuck that. This is my moment. I'm gonna shine. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And then you you gotta respect a player like that. And I just felt when Bud put him in with more minutes, it kind of helped the team. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it took pressure off of Giannis, took pressure off the other three. He like, energized you know, the crowd, too. Yeah, it comes out the crowd. You know I mean, the Bobby's screaming, Bobby, Bobby. Like, yo, like, it's just, I think that was the best move. I, but on, on Phoenix, and I was disappointed in Monty, uh, Monty Williams because, like, I just don't understand. Like, how you don't follow the philosophy that Miami Heat did a year ago? Like, you got to build a wall with Giannis. Like, you made right. Aiden, you try to make Aiden man up and, like, yeah, granted, Aiden had a great playoff run, but when you're playing against a monster like Giannis, like you can't throw him in. It's like you threw him in the fire, yo. There was a blueprint there, and he he didn't he didn't even yeah. look at it. Like you know what I'm saying, like I don't get it, yo. I don't get like you supposed to let Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday beat you, and uh, you, if they if they have four straight games that they they're awesome, we'll live with you, it. You live with that, but you can't have Giannis dominate. <laughs> like, like, what do you have? Four straight forties, three straight forty games. Fifty, fifty yesterday, <laughs> and then you had a fifty piece. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, you got to take away something, man. You got to take away something. It's not, it's not hard, but you just let Aiden get abused. So, since you invoked the name of Drew Holiday, let's talk about it. We're gonna move from the inside to the outside game so how much of a toll did drew holiday's size play on cp3 in your opinion down the stretch or do you think he was just gassed what do you think cp3 was just tired from a long season and the length of the playoffs no 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 that, that gas and tired shit is out the window <laughs> i'm a ball player like we we we, we played through treaches like hot sun all that shit i don't mean shit honestly in the nba the NBA, I feel like it's so easy to play. Like, like honestly, if I would have made the league, I think I would probably, I would have been easy averaging 10. I could have averaged t- double digits. I ain't going to say 30 or crazy numbers, but, like, the fact that the NBA doesn't really play no defense. So, like, Drew Holiday, he's picking up Chris Paul 94 feet the whole yep. game. Yep. That's a, that's a toll, to be honest with you. That's a toll on your body. That's a, that's a big toll because now... You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play through that pressure, and then also you gotta set up an offense in 24 seconds. Yep. See what I'm saying? So it's like, huh. so like, by the time you pass half court, after somebody's hawking you for 94 feet to just get past eight seconds, now you get past half court, you gotta run a set, but you got this guy still hounding you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I felt like he took Chris. He made Chris Paul more like a, a, of a scorer, and like that could be a gift and a curse, because now you see Bridges, his numbers go down, Crowder up and down, like you know what I'm saying. So now it's a guard's game. It's, a, it's basically the the two backcourt Booker and CP3 versus a five, because the other guys are out the game. Like CP Key can't get them involved, because Drew Holiday's too much, too much pressure, too much pressure. And then the guys don't knock shots. So, I mean, it was just, I thought Drew Holiday was big. His defensive presence was incredible. Like, he made Booker work. Booker didn't have easy 40-point games. And, I mean, 
He made him work. CP3 had to work. So, you know, I think Holiday was a big, big pickup that Milwaukee needed. Well, speak of the name, and uh, we'll talk about him too, Devin Booker. Uh, a few weeks ago, Stephen A. Smith made oh, a yeah, yeah, made yeah. a rather controversial comment yeah, comparing yeah. Devin Booker's game to Kobe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you and see I, any similarities I'm there, not, or is Stephen, is Stephen A. just talking of, out his ass? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed in myself because I almost I, I was one of those guys that felt like he was 100 percent accurate on that, but I have to take it back off the simple fact that. It's just one Kobe, man. At the end of the day, nobody could really have that Mamba mentality. Like, Kobe would have, some way, somehow, would have found a way to win this series. I mean, Booker's a great player. I love his footwork. I love his game. But, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Kobe. Nah, I wouldn't say Kobe at all, man. It's hard. hard. Kobe was just, it was special. I mean, everybody criticized him with the whole mimicking MJ's game, but he had a little, tw- he had his own little style. Yeah, he, he had his own little swag. And that, that whole mama mentality is just not, not refusing to lose. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Booker didn't give me that. Like, the, like the performance he gave me yesterday, I felt like Kobe wouldn't play like that. I don't know. Kobe, I just, Kobe wouldn't shoot over seven nah, from three. Nah, nah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Six. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm saying, like, it's hard. It's, I mean, Booker's a great player, but that Mamba, nah, compa- I, 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 me personally, I feel bad because Kobe's my favorite player. Like, and I kind of agreed with Stephen A, and I got to take that back. Like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah, my bad. I got excited for the moment. Yeah. I mean, we've been a critical of that comment, too. I know D has been slagging on Stephen A for that. And, you know, I, I st- my argument, my position is that, you know, Devin Booker is still young, so he can still yeah. grow into that. But, you know, right now, hell no. no. Not even close. No, 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 not even close. Nobody. So we'll get you ahead of you on this one, Leon. So where does Giannis go from here? Right? So 26, got the world on string. Just won his first chip. Does he get more, or is this the peak, in your opinion? Yeah, I think honestly, it's going to, for the rest of this, for the for the next three years. It's going to be the same Eastern Conference Finals: Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm honest, I'm being honest with you. Like that's that is going to be this Eastern Conference Finals for the next three years. Well, that's why we want you here. We don't want you to bullshit us, you know? We want you to give us the hot takes, bro. Like, that, that's why you're here. Like, real talk. Like, because, and I'm looking forward to that. Because I really would like to see Giannis KD battle it out to get to the finals. You know what I'm saying? Because either or, whoever wins that series is going to win a chip. Because the West, I love LeBron. And I love my Lakers. I'm a big Laker fan. But, like. I think we might be done if you don't get if we don't get that Damon Leonard or one more superstar because AD ain't gonna do it. AD ain't gonna do it by himself once LeBron no. leaves. So I don't know. I'm looking at the East might dominate again, man. It's, it's, it's time for the East to to get take that reign. So like with Giannis winning a chip for the East, yeah, I, I don't see him. I'll, I'll be I won't be surprised if they go back to back. I'm wow. being honest with you. 
Well, that is bold. And that's why we got you here as part of the in crowd on the in route, Leon Martinez. So thank you for joining us, brother. And if you got anything to plug, social media, anything, now would be the time. Oh, so um, once again, like you said earlier, yes, I'm a personal trainer from the Bronx. Um, I'm currently working at a new facility off of Tremont Avenue. If you guys ever around the Tremont area, Throg's Neck, 3448. It's called Underdog Boxing Fitness Gym. I'm a trainer there. I do a lot of clients there. I do classes in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I love the personal training. This is my thing. This is like my craft. Besides also a basketball official, you guys can see me at Dykeman, Orchard Beach, Watson, Gun Hill. I'm the, I'm the neighborhood ref. I love being part of basketball. I love being part of fitness, helping the community out. Feel free to follow my um, Instagram pages. Um, basically my business instagram page which is watch me work fitness you guys can take a look at my work um and just holler at me man if you if you ever in need of just any guidance of being a referee or just any guidance of staying in shape and staying healthy just follow me and ask me dm me and i'll be glad to help i just want to help give back to my community love it uh, Love it, man. Appreciate it. Next time we're in Pelham Bay Park area, we'll give you a shout, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm outside, too. Also, good weather. I'm at Pelham Bay Park doing my thing, too. You can catch me early mornings as well. We'll definitely have you back during the football season because we love your Patriots. My my, my Patriots got to redeem themselves, man. (laughs) Still diehard Patriots, man. Don't get it twisted. I love Tom Brady. I'm happy for my captain, America, but I just feel like Right now, Cam got to get one more chance, man. But I love the draft pick that we got. He's ready. I, I know he's NFL ready. So Cam, I'm just giving one more. I'm gonna give one more faith for Cam to hold us down. But I like the moves that we did. We, Bill finally took out that wallet. Just paid, took some money out. <laughs> dollar bill, man, dollar, man. dollar bill. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think we're gonna be alright. We're gonna be. We're gonna we're gonna definitely compete with Buffalo Bills, man. So I don't want all these Buffalo Bill fans to get too excited. He's coming back to take the throne, man. Go Patriots. There you go. There you go. The newest member of the in crowd, Leon Martinez. And if you wanna be a member of the in crowd, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com, fade route podcast on IG, or slide in our DMs at fade route DNZ on Twitter. And who knows? You might be the next member of the in crowd. I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it. Available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. Order up.
All right, boys and girls, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our NFL preview begins today. We are ordering up. Order up, order up. We are ordering up the NFC South, the division of the reigning defending Super Bowl champions from four. That's right. From four to one. Who you got, D? Man, this was tough. Um, basically, what I did was I just wrote out a bunch of information on, on, on all four teams because I really, really struggled to put a hierarchy here. Um, so number four in the basement for me is the Falcons. Okay. Hmm. Arthur Smith, Matt Ryan, Ridley. They need another year to figure things. Mike Davis, which I think he's going to, he's, he's going to play well for them. They need another year to figure things out, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Okay. Number three, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. And I'm going to say Jameis is going to get in there and he's going to do a decent job. But I think it's going to need another year for him to excel in that Sean Payton offense. And I'm not saying they're going to be terrible. I just think they're going to be around 500, maybe a little better than 500. And here's a surprise for you. I got the Bucks in second. And I think what I just I think it's it's extremely hard to go back to back, and and I'm thinking I'm talking about Super Bowls, okay? And they definitely have the players. They were turning all their starters. I just don't know if the hunger's there. I know the hunger's there with TV twelve, but I don't know about the rest of the team. Now, let's remember last year. They did make the playoffs, but they did struggle. They won some. They barely won some games. They barely beat the Giants. They lost to the Saints. They they did struggle at times. Tom's a year older. I'm not betting against my boy. I think he's still going to have a good year. I just don't think they're going to top the division. Injuries, shit happens in football. My number one is the Carolina Panthers. And I really think this is going to happen because they got a young defense. They have their quarterback now in Darnold. They got DJ Moore and they have Robbie Anderson on the outside. They have Christian McCaffrey's coming back after injury. I think they win the division 11 and 5 this year. You, you're up. <laughs> I need a minute. After that Carolina Panthers pick, I just need to, I just need to kind of collect myself here. Did you it's say Carolina like, Panthers pick or piss? <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B. So we do agree on the fourth place team. Trash. It is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, thank you. You're finally coming around to my argument. You you thought I was being a little too harsh on the Falcons? No, it's another. It's an older Matt Ryan. The Kyle, uh, the Pitts draft pick did not, it did not address the major issue on this team, and that is the defense. Right. Last time, keeping the offense on the field would be nice, but eventually they do need to get on the field and play on the other side of the ball. So you can't outscore everybody. That's just not how this is going to work. Plus, oh yeah, you traded Julio Jones. Yeah, granted, Calvin Ridley's there. Yes. You know, another year gauge. Like, who, you know, we'll see what they are. 
but you can't tell me that not addressing the defense and then trading your best wide receiver, it's not a recipe for success. Number three, I'm taking the Panthers. I'm not sold on Christian McCaffrey. At some point, you do need to be on the field. Like your best ability, ability has to be your availability. And he's starting to become that injury plague player. He's starting to be injury prone. Sam Darnold, we'll see. Like it's it's as much of a question mark for him with this team as it is for my number two team, which is the New Orleans Saints. So spoiler, but I'm not done talking about the Panthers yet. So great. He's reunited with Robbie Anderson. We'll see if that actually makes a difference. Like, hopefully it does for Sam's sake. Like he he did a good job with what he had and he took it like a man. So I'll give him credit for that. He's definitely in a better situation. Now's the time for him to, to show what he can do. I love the JC Horn pick. I like what they're doing on defense. Matt Rule knows what he's doing. And you know what? If Christian McCaffrey can't post, you got Chuba Hubbard there. And Chuba Hubbard was pretty good in college. Let's see what he can do as a pro. All right, number two, you're looking at the Saints. That team is too talented not to take seriously. The giant question mark is a quarterback. Is Jameis Winston famous Jameis, 30-30 Jameis, famous Jameis? Or is he actually going to take the next level and deliver on the promise of a number one pick? Or is he going to lose the job to Taysom Hill? And is Taysom Hill going to you know, try and become that Swiss Army knife mobile quarterback kind of deal? The team is too talented not to be good, but the, the same way Drew Brees held them back is the same way these two can hold them back. Number one by default, the rainy defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, they're one year older. Yes, they're removed from the, the they're just removed from winning a championship. Maybe the hunger isn't there, but I know who is there. And that's one Tom MF Brady. And Tom MF Brady will not let them slack off because he personally will not slack off. And he will drag people kicking and screaming to victory. We've seen it done. So, yes, I understand that he's 44. 44 ain't 34, ain't 24. But until it happens, I'm not betting against him. So those are our fours to one. What's your four to one? Hit us up, mail at gmail.com, Podcast on IG, or slide in those DMs at FadeRouteDNZ on Twitter and let us know what your picks are. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.